0: hi this is materially speaking where artists tell their stories through the materials they choose i'm at the top left hand side of italy south of the marble quarries of carrara in pietra santa a town nicknamed little athens because of its long tradition of carving marble in fact, in this area, generations of artists have been carving marble since Michelangelo first came here 500 years ago to choose marble for his Pieta from the local quarries. Today, I'm sitting in my kitchen with my friend Stefan Hamel on a hilltop above Pietra Santa, surrounded by olive groves and woods where wild boar roam. In winter, we can hear the pop of hunter's guns, and in summer, we might take a hike over the mountains or drop down the hillside to walk through the pine forests to the wild beach. Soon after meeting Stefan, we discovered an Indian connection. My great-great-grandfather lived in the same village in India that Stefan's mother went to school, a hundred years later. In fact, since my grandfather and father were also born in India, we chatted quite a bit about this, and Stefan mentioned how his grandfather was an artisan in India before the Second World War. However, when I sat him down with a coffee to tell me the whole story, it really surprised me. I hope you like it.
1: You know, the fascinating story for me is uh, the marble also is uh, link like uh, through the palaces and all the, the beautiful sculptures that were done to express uh, power. I think that this area has beside uh, the real history of sculpture. There's also this... Very particular story, which is uh, the expression of imperialism.
0: Stefan divides his time between Vienna, Milan, and Pietro Santa. So, by way of a sound check, I asked him what he brings from Austria and what he takes back from Italy.
1: Being half from this area and half from uh, Vienna, uh, I am the eternal emigrant, and uh, moving from here to there, things. Uh, I bring um, from Vienna obviously chocolate cakes uh, and all that uh, very lovely Austrian-stylish stuff. And I bring from here to Vienna um, pestelli, you know, to make the pesto uh, in marble and uh, olive oil and uh, cheese and uh, wine, obviously. So, this is my exchange between Austria and uh, the regional culture. This place means a lot because I grew up here. I was born in Bangkok and when we moved to uh, Europe, uh, we came with the boat from Singapore. And we landed in um, Genova. I will always remember the scene of my mother, uh, my father showing me Europe and he showed me a volcano. It must have been all Stromboli or the Etna. And then I remember also arriving into the port and my parents showing me my Italian grandparents. They were waiting for uh, us to pick us children uh, up and bring us to Giustaniana, which is above Serravezza. So, uh, this is just to make you understand that the place is somehow in my DNA, and uh, my grandfather, Cosimo Lorenzoni, was working in the marble business uh, since uh, he finished school. He and his brother, Pietro Lorenzoni, uh, were the sons of, uh, let's say, the richest family of Giustaniana. That meant they got a cow which is uh, very rural, but it is another dimension. Uh, It was another dimension. So in the 20s, they were sent to school, which was already a privilege. They went to the Stagio Stagi. And at the time, the Stagio Stagi was still in Chiostro di Sant'Agostino and uh, so they studied. My uncle Pietro became um, a sculptor and he became a professor at the academia in Turin after the war. He worked with Mastroianni. I I just found um, some with different people. He was quite a, a character and it became important because For Torino, there were a lot of artists, but few of them really had the knowledge on how to work uh, with marble. This is something that uh, the people don't um, really think about it, but it is uh, quite a hard job because you have to decide how uh, you can work with the patterns of the stone cut and how to develop uh, a lot of interesting stories. Like him, there were several guys. I just met um, the grandfather of uh, my friends uh, from mother's side. Uh, The father also did this type of job. Uh, I heard about others who went to the US. Uh, Somebody did uh, the cathedral in Chicago. Somebody did the first skyscrapers and, and, and so on. And so in Pietrasanta, there is a lot of this memory lost. I'm trying and I tried obviously to save our memory and I got also the best friend of my grandfather was Aldo Lariucci who joined him at a certain point in India and he wrote also some lines about this story. While my grandfather at the Stagio Stagi did his final work um, to, to get graduated and that was an altar and this altar was sent away and nobody knew where. Then in thirty seven and I just found a um, thirty page text he wrote telling about uh, this journey he did. In thirty seven Bertelli from Massa who uh, employed him uh, sent him to India to survey the finishing with marble of a palace in Calcutta uh, of a Maharaja. So he left and he's describing how he's living in the 30s by train to Genova and um, the emotions leaving his wife with a little daughter my mother who was like uh, five years old uh, uh, at home. He got on the boat and everything was very luxurious. Obviously, the the life, the elegant life on a transatlantic cruiser. going from Genoa to Bombay was for him a a new experience and he was very charmed and very charming and enjoyed it very much to participate in that social life. But when he got to Bombay and he had to take a train to Calcutta, he realized uh, the the big splash he got into and got totally um, afraid and astonished and uh, scandalized and uh, couldn't realize that something like that India in the 30s was existing. (laughs) Like people taking bath naked and uh, the spiritual guys, a uh, um, lot of levels, the value of the woman and this and that, that he he really got very um, shocked by this experience. But then um, he arrived to Calcutta and was able to create his ambient, and he was quite good in organizing the the work and everything. So he was very happy and called his wife and the daughter to join. So they came in 1938, but um, the war started and they were taken prisoners by His Majesty King George. Put in a concentration camp that was absolutely nothing to do with what we think about concentration camps. It was a set of villas in the Himalaya, like uh, colonial uh, British uh, properties that were not used anymore. And so all these Italians were put up there. And the only complaint my grandfather uh, did uh, about his um, imprisonment by the British was that uh, he got bored. But, uh, lucky him. When the war finished, in 1946, the British decided to send them back. I mean, everybody back, but my mother seems that she was able, as a 12-year-old, to uh, create such a tragedy for the uh, British officials that they decided that could stay. So my grandfather started his own business, bought a marble quarry in India and started to do major works in Delhi. He did uh, the interior of the parliament, he did the uh, American embassy and a lot of other things. In, uh, I think it was 47?
0: Stefan is speaking of the partition of British India in 1947 when the country was divided into the two states of Pakistan and India, causing the displacement of between 10 to 12 million people along religious lines and an enormous refugee crisis, and sadly much loss of life.
1: When that happened, my grandfather lost everything uh, because he had a company and his other shareholder was a Muslim, Muslim Indian, who decided obviously to leave and everything uh, which was Muslim uh, was confiscated by the Indian state. So that was with the independence. And he did other major things for the new Indian state and he was very good and the people liked him very much because he had this very ancient, let's say, Renaissance knowledge on how to treat the material. My mother went to to Woodstock, where uh, she opened, was opened up to a totally different story. Also from a religious point of view, since my grandmother was very Roman Catholic and uh, my mother went to an Anglican school, even though they remained very close to the church. After the school, well, my mother started to work for the Italian embassy. My grandfather, in the meanwhile, did also uh, he executed also the memorial of Mahatma Gandhi. That was quite important to me. Before he died, I was able to get him like the cross of the city of Luca for Lucchesi, who did something special in the world, and so I was very proud of him for that. But the uh, most special story is that. Uh, My parents, my father, uh, became an Austrian diplomat and his first posting was New Delhi. And so at all those parties that uh, the diplomats do, uh, he met my mother and they married in uh, 57 in the cathedral of New Delhi. They married on this famous altar my grandfather did at the Stagio Stagi, which by coincidence ended up in the Cathedral of New Delhi. They married there. My sister Maria Cristina was baptized there. John Paul II made his only mea culpa done by the Roman Catholic Church on the damages uh, they have done to other religions from that altar. And there is also a link to work my grandfather did for the Mahatma Gandhi Memorial. My grandfather was very proud um, also of the fact that Taj Mahal was done in Carrara Marble. And, you know, from Ephesus uh, to many, many other things, the Carrara Marble, let's call it Carrara Marble, even though in Pietrasanta we are more close to the uh, Altissimo Marble, but um, we are you know, an area that gave uh, a material for so many thousands of years to the whole world and um, there has always been this exchange that makes the area very, very particular. I mean, the people here are, as Michelangelo said, a bit uh, stubborn and difficult, but they are really in the position that through centuries, they always managed to dialogue with different mentalities, with different uh, uh, people, like this um, grandfather of my friends, he worked in uh, Austria and he worked before the war in uh, Hallein which I was always asking, what does it mean, Hallein? Uh, what do you do in Hallein with marble? Hallein is in, in Salzkammergut, which is uh, above, uh, next to Salzburg, but uh, just below bertes garden. And in Berthe's garden, there was obviously the, the villa of um, Adlersnest uh, of Adolf Hitler. So I made 1 plus 1 and (laughs) said, well, fabulous, Uh, he was doing the floors of that place. And uh, he obviously never admitted, he said he was in Santana at the end when the Nazis shot down everybody. So there are also these psychological games that I, I think are extremely dramatic and funny. These people were needed from all the different regimes. Growing up in Pietrasanta, uh, you know, we saw so many statues that were left in the, in the gardens of some uh, strange South American dictators or Saddam Hussein. And I'm very fascinated to make an analysis of this marble history also from the point of view, luxury and power. The people don't want also this, uh, let's say, luxury, yes, power, no. They don't want to be confronted with this issue because they are executors or they are creating beautiful things, but uh, they they don't want to discuss, uh, which is uh, legitimate because artists can advise of the disaster but don't have to fight against it necessarily. It would be fabulous to do also this analysis on... uh, to work out how many statues were done here for all these dictators, how many were not finished in time before the dictator was sent home or to another dimension, and, and to to make a history through uh, marble statues that failed their mission. It is amazing, if you think about it, uh, how a small little town like Petrasanto, this is full of stories and, and can tell so many uh, events.
0: After Stefan told me his grandfather's amazing story, I wanted to bring things right up to date. I was interested to hear how growing up in the marble area had influenced Stefan, and I asked him to describe his work.
1: I define myself as a brand catalyst. I worked uh, for 25 years as an international um, sales and uh, marketing director for different design companies in Italy. After that, I decided that maybe my best skills are in uh, branding and understanding how to translate uh, certain feelings, certain aesthetic uh, emotions into uh, the market. And doing some things for myself, like small paintings, I'm doing carpets, which I love very much. And I did, um, regarding marble, my first edition after 25 years of selling this uh, furniture for the house and all these um, things you obviously need, but... Uh, in the end of the day, are not lasting forever, decided that I wanted to do something very, very special. And I asked my friends, the Campana brothers, if they would design me a monumental fountain. So I did a fountain, which is 15 per 5 meters, uh, like an apartment, and um, with 12 uh, white marble, white Carrara marble, Um, many years, you could call them, and I love very much their work because they uh, had these men here so, where the water is coming out. So on this men here, on this white, beautiful marble, there will be soon green alks and different things. And so it is like this transformation of the marble into the nature again. And everything is holed up of a very uh, minimalistic, simple basin done also in... Um, in a, in a grey marble and now I'm trying to sell, it's a limited edition of three pieces and so I hope I find some major uh, client who wants to invest in, um, in a big uh, monumental fountain. If I sell, I will keep going on in doing marble for fountain and fireplaces. Because I like very much this uh, idea of the material used uh, in in two different, um, and the transformation of the marble. With the water, you can create with the alks it changes colors, it changes everything. And with the fire, it also when white marble gets burned, it changes also color. And I like very much this game. You can see it also if you go up uh, to the quarries uh, where they leave these uh, rusty pieces of... Um, have you seen them? this sort of flat uh, things? They push inside uh, and then they blow them up and then they, they leave them around. And that has a, a extraordinary look when the marble gets uh, this rusty thing. And I, I like very much this, uh, you know... Maybe our generation is, is so sophisticated that the white marble is not enough, and we want to get it uh, colored but in a natural way, and, and, and so it's quite funny.
0: So, thanks to Stefan Hamel, and if you want to see a video of his Fontana Etrurio, see his website at stefanhamel.com. Production thanks go to Michael Hall. Musical thanks go to Douglas Yeo, Craig Crydell and Phil Humphreys. Thanks to Duncan Thornley at MAP Studios. For facts, photos and more, check out our website or Instagram, both called Materially Speaking.